Two weeks ago, I was in Fatima with um, about 400 other pilgrims from Melbourne um, and many other pilgrims from everywhere else around the world. Um, my trip had taken me, we'd gone through Italy for that first week of Rome and Assisi, visiting all sorts of churches and places and having all sorts of experiences. And then we'd come together in Fatima with um, more Melbourne pilgrims. And that was a bit of a pause point before we got into the chaos of the week of World Youth Day. And on the Sunday morning, our whole group had toured around the shrine at Fatima. We'd looked at both the basilicas and the tombs of um, a couple of the saints there and um, all the beautiful sites. We'd had a bit of time of prayer together. And then I was moving around with one of the small groups. And before we headed off for lunch, we went into the Blessed Sacrament Chapel that was there. Um, just for a brief moment of prayer in adoration before the Lord and we were only there for 15 or 20 minutes and I knelt down and was trying to pray rosary and also trying to stay awake um, but I noticed as I was sitting there looking at Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament I was struck by the fact that this Jesus before me this is the reason for this whole pilgrimage that we've gone on that this is the central thing around all these other places that we visited, all these other experiences that we've had, it all comes down to Jesus, who's before me right now. Um, we'd, we'd been to so many places um, over that week. We'd, I'd prayed at the tombs of probably 10 or more saints, um, been to 10 or so basilicas around in Rome and in Assisi, and um, we'd had a meeting with the Pope as well. Um, we prayed at the Hermitage where St. Francis would pray. Um, so many amazing things. Um, and I'd, I'd had, you know, significant moments with the Lord. The Lord had spoken to me in all these places. But here, kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament, it, I was just struck by the truth that all of that doesn't make any sense without Jesus here in front of me. That this is the reason for it all. This is the reason why we've come here, um, why we're venerating these saints, because of Jesus who's in front of me right now. It was a blessing to be able to recognize that fact. And I think there's something very similar in our gospel reading today. Because there's, there's kind of lots of things going on. Um, Jesus has just been teaching and then he's just fed the 5,000. And then he's um, gone off to pray himself. He's sent the disciples off and they've encountered the storm on the lake. And then he's walked and then Jesus and Peter has walked out to him as well. But at the end of all of these things that happen... The last line of our gospel reading says, The men in the boat bowed down before him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. It's like the summary, the final point of all of these things that have gone on is that they've come to this recognition that Jesus standing before them is the Son of God. They have known him and they bow down and adore him. They recognize that this is, this is the point of it all. And we can say that not only of, of these events in this gospel reading, but of everything that Jesus did in his life, everything we find in the gospels of his teaching, of his works and his miracles, that it was all to lead up to this one point, to this one recognition, this knowledge that the Lord wants to bring us to of who he is, that we can come before him and say, Lord, you are my God. I think if we keep, hold this in the back of our minds, there's a few other things that have struck me from this gospel reading that I want to tease out with you today. A few things that struck me as I started reading through it. And the first is that 
Jesus seems to let them go into the storm intentionally. First line of our reading says that Jesus made the disciples get into the boat as if he needed to be forceful about it. He was very deliberate. No, you guys go on the boat, go in the lake. And it might seem like he was being generous. He's like, I'll deal with the crowds. I'll look after it. You guys just go and relax. But no, he sends them out onto the boat, onto the lake, and the storm comes. And now they're fearing for their lives. Why would Jesus have sent them out into that situation? Why does the Lord allow us to go into situations like that where we face storms in our lives? It brings a very different perspective when we think that the Lord allows us to go through these things so that we can come to know who he is. So that we can recognize who God is for us in that place as well. Not just on the sunny days, not just in the easy places, but that in all places in our lives we can recognize who Jesus is for us. And so sometimes he leads us into storms leads us to go into situations we might rather not go to. But it's so that he can bring us to this, this truth that resonates with our hearts in such a deep way. And then, well, we do see that Jesus comes and meets them in the storm on the middle of the lake. Has this amazing encounter with Peter where Peter is courageous enough to say, Lord, ask me, call me to come to you and I'll walk on the water with you. And Peter does, it's amazing. But then Peter again notices the wind and his doubts creep in. His faith isn't quite strong enough and he starts to sink. And Jesus pulls him up out of the water, doesn't he? Well, no, that's what you think it says. But as I was reading this, I noticed, first time I noticed this, it doesn't say that Jesus pulls Peter up out of the water. It says he holds him. It says... You find it? Jesus put out his hand at once and held him. When Jesus comes to encounter us in these stormy places, these places where we're filled with fear and we're crying out to him, Lord, I need you to save me. I need you to come and fix this. God's answer is not always to pull us out of the problem instantly. It's not always to just make everything perfectly better. But he does reach in and hold us there. He does reach out his hand to us and comfort us by his presence. Come close to us and be with us there. He immediately reached out his hand and held Peter. And when he holds on to Peter in that place, Peter is able to recognize that, that Jesus is Lord for him, not only um, when he's doing amazing miracles and when Peter's able to preach powerfully and when, he, when he's in those good places. But Jesus is Lord for him as well when he's out on the water and when his faith is failing and when he feels like he's sinking and he's crying out in fear. Jesus is Lord for him there as well. Jesus wants to bring us to this knowledge, to this truth. And in the final sentence just after Jesus has reached out to Peter and then they've made it back into the boat and the wind has dropped and the peace has come we hear that the men in the boat bowed down before him and said truly you are the son of God I find that that's an interesting description of the people in the boat it says the men in the boat it doesn't say the disciples it says the men in the boat when they've been mentioned previously in this text they're called the disciples 
the gospel writers always call them the disciples or the twelve or the apostles or something like that. Why is he now speaking so vaguely? Now, it could be that there were some other men in the boat who were also there, maybe the guys who actually they hired the boat from and they were driving the boat for them. Um, or I think it's that the gospel writer is saying that when these, when these disciples come to recognize who Jesus is and adore him in this moment, they're not necessarily doing so as disciples, but they're doing so as just men on behalf of all men, on behalf of all people that Jesus wants to bring to this recognition, this truth. They stand in the boat at this moment on behalf of all people recognizing that Jesus is their Lord. Because God wants to bring to each one of us and to all of our brothers and sisters across the world, he wants us to recognize this profound truth that brings this profound peace to our hearts. That our God is here and with us. We can know that truth and that we can be still before that and bow down and adore him. It was through this this crazy situation of the the storm and the walking on the water that Jesus brings them to this knowledge. That how is, how is Jesus at work in our lives bringing us to know this, to recognize this truth, to see him and know him and to bow down with our lives before him. Now I had something of a glimpse of this last week as well. Two weeks ago I was in Fatima, but last week I was in a field in the north of Lisbon, um, camping out in the dirt and in the hot sun with um, a couple of million friends, as happens at World Youth Day. Uh, I think if you haven't been to World Youth Day, it's a bit hard to imagine what that scene is like, so many people. And after we'd gone for the long walk, it was like 38 degrees, it was a very hot day, terrible day for a pilgrimage walk. Um, then we arrive there and we sit in the dirt and sit in the sun for another four hours. And then eventually the sun goes down and the Pope came out for the vigil that we had together. And Pope Francis addressed us um, very briefly, very simply. And after that, the Blessed Sacrament came out. And you can also imagine just the, the chaos that has been in this field all afternoon. Like they have blaring music playing all the time. Um, maybe because they think that young people just need stimulation. Um, and the speakers, the speaker towers are huge, so it's so loud, you can't rest. There's just people everywhere, and everybody's excited and dancing and clapping and all that. And the Pope comes out, and everybody's more excited and clapping. And, but then the Blessed Sacrament came out, and everybody knelt down in adoration. And this field of one and a half or two million people was dead silent. All of these people from all around the world have come to this place to bow down before the Lord and say, truly, you are the Son of God. Now, some of them might have come along to World Youth Day just because they wanted a cool trip, or some of them came along um, in ministry to serve others. Some of them might have come along not quite knowing where their faith was at, We're all at different points of the journey and come from different places on the earth, but at that moment, a decent proportion of humanity, (laughs) a good representative group of all people all around the world, knelt down in that field 
and were dead silent before Jesus. This is the Lord's hope for us, for all people, that we can recognize this truth of who Jesus is, that we can be still before him, that we can bow down before him and adore him. He wants to lead us to this truth through amazing experiences like World Youth Day or through challenging experiences that we go through, like when we might feel like we're sinking out on the water with Peter. This is the ultimate goal that our faith leads us to, our spiritual life, our life in the church. Jesus wants to show us this truth. He wants to open our hearts to respond to him in this way with with love and with adoration. Let's pray that our hearts and the hearts of all of our brothers and sisters can be open to receiving this gift from the Lord, to know him, to recognize him, to bow down before him. Say, truly, you are the Son of God. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.